His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. I just thought I'd let you know I love Jesus. He is incredible. All my life. I've known the Lord all my life, 65 years almost. I'm all, No, I am 65, but I don't know if I knew him when I was six months old, but I think I did. But I know I did when I was two. And I'm just going, wow, there is no other jewel on earth, none. Father, I want to thank you. Lord, thank you for all the good things you're doing, Lord. Thank you for the amazing meeting on Thursday night and the worship and the intercession. And thank you for the uh, children praying in their intercessions. And Lord, Ron said the same thing happened in the intercessors out in the, um, out in the trailer. And Lord, and thank you for Friday night. Lord, it was just heavenly. And God, I thank you that it's so wonderful to look in your face. And so I just pray today that, Lord, what I share maybe is a glimpse of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. We had gotten in our groups on uh, Thursday night, and one of the people shared, hope deferred makes the heart sick, which we all can relate. But desire fulfilled is the tree of life. And it's Proverbs thirteen twelve, And I just... I read this this morning, and I just, I thought, whoa, when he is our desire, our heart sickness will be healed. And Ron and I can testify to that. When you look at him, the heart sickness gets healed. It does. We realize that his plan has been for intimacy all along. And that to obey him is simply to be with our Father in the now thing he's doing. Even when obedience involves costly surrender, it means holding on to faith in a trial. Intimacy has been his plan from the beginning. Father, Son, and Spirit, let there be light, but they created us for intimacy. That means that they wanted to be our friend. That means they wanted to walk with us. That means that they wanted to do life with us. They wanted to do life with us on earth, and they gave us a garden. I mean, they gave us perfection. It wasn't the mess that happened because of sin. They gave us the best, and they just wanted to walk with us. I mean, I can't even imagine with Adam and Eve walking with Jesus every day in the cool of the evening. Can you imagine the fellowship and the revelation they had? It's just incredible. And that was always their heart, was that intimacy, and they gave us a command. Be fruitful. That was a cool scripture, Hannah, about fruitfulness. Be fruitful and take dominion over the earth. Be fruitful and multiply and take dominion. That's why we're into kids. I love kids. I love I love new pregnant moms. I love all of that because it is an ultimate command. But if there's no intimacy, if you've missed the intimacy, you've missed the first part. You know, there's people that are fruitful. In fact, the Muslims are more fruitful in many, many ways because they're into having a lot of children so they can populate the earth. But God already knew the power in having children who knew intimacy. Well, I can tell you these kids know the Lord and it's intimacy. They just do. There's power in all these children. 
and in their intimacy. And then it says to multiply and take dominion over the earth. But it was for intimacy that we would be so close to him. And I love this. This is, this is an amazing thing. But this verse is four times. No, actually five because there's one in Acts. Five times. His glory is going to cover the whole earth again. If we take dominion in Christ, glory is going to cover the whole earth. It was in Isaiah 6.3. It was in Isaiah 11.9. It was in Numbers 14.21. Uh, it was in Habakkuk 2.14. And it was in Acts. The glory of God was going to cover the whole earth. How? Through intimacy. Through you guys. Through me. Through us understanding he's God and he can walk with us. If you've got a God that can't walk with you, then you need to get prayer because he needs to walk. If you've got a God that you can't hear, then you need to get prayer so you can hear him because he talks. And I'll tell you what he says a lot. I really love you. I've got this. You didn't mess up. If you messed up, I can take care of it. But I really, really love you. I love you. Will you love yourself? That's what he says all the time. All the time. Why we evangelize is to share the message of Jesus dying for us so the glory of God could cover the earth. We're getting there, you guys. There is so much evangelism across the earth. The glory of God is coming. I love... Honestly, I was with Chinese believers, and I loved it. They get up at 3 and 4 in the morning. They pray in the spirit, tongues, yes, for hours on end. And the glory is going to cover China. You watch. China's going to have a major, major because revival. And they also love Jerusalem, so they go to Israel. They understand the fulfillment. And Korea is the same way. They have prayer night and day. They pray for us. A lot of, a lot of times they pray for America. But I am going, Lord, these people never even had the gospel message. Communism shut it out. And now the glory of the Lord is covering. Can you imagine a whole multitude? There's millions of believers in China praying in the spirit from 3 or 4 in the morning till they have to go to work. Can you imagine? And they've got, I've got, I've seen all kinds of videos of it. I've seen all kinds of, it just is happening. They have to be careful because they're still under persecution. But you watch, that wheel get overturned because the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth. If there are five times in the scripture that word, the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth, it will come to pass, you guys. It will. But it's going to come through us, the intimate ones, the intimate ones. I love this. Intimacy is being close with God and loving him. It's what the devil hates. If you've got any battles, it's over that. If you've got any battles, it's not people. People are not your battle. If there's any battle over your life, it's over your intimacy with God. The devil hates intimacy because there's power and glory in it. And so get, your, get more intimacy and you win more victory. Get more intimacy and you get more glory. He will, the, the enemy, I want you to hear this because the America needs to hear this word. He will let you succeed. The devil will let you succeed to get what you want. 
Proverbs, or it's Psalm, and years ago we heard this old saint, and he said, oh, you can have what you want, but you'll have leanness of soul. Leanness of soul means you have zero. I don't care if you have all the riches in the world, you have zero with leanness of soul. And he said, oh, oh he'll, you'll get what you want, but you'll have leanness of soul. And I remember a Solomon who had everything, everything you can imagine. God gave him riches and wisdom and all of these things. Of course, wisdom means hearing. If you want to know if you've got wisdom, do you hear? Do you hear God? Hearing. That's what it actually means in the Hebrew. Solomon had all that wisdom and at one time heard God. And he chose what he wanted, 900 wives. Most of them pagan with temples and all kinds of stuff. And Solomon's soul became lean to the point he didn't even know why he was created anymore. If you've got a wonder of why you're created, get, get rid of your leanness. Go for intimacy and you'll know, you'll know yourself. You'll know what God has done. And anyway... It says that and the enemy will remove stops. I've heard this. Well, I know God wanted me to marry that guy because I know that uh, this was because, you know, I knew we were supposed to move because our house sold. I knew this was going to happen because of this. I'm going to tell you that unless you hear the word of the Lord, circumstances can line up for you to fall. They can line up for you to move downhill. A job could open up and it'd be the wrong place. I'm telling you. You know, we think it won't happen. You think the enemy did not allow Solomon to have all them wives? Solomon had to choose. We all have to choose. And we have to choose that truth. He will remove stops to keep you from going after your will, after, to go after your will and your desire. Because you, because you succeed, and this is what America needs to hear, because you succeed in anything, it's not a sign of God's purpose for you. It's not a sign of God's purpose for you. I remember John Bevere sharing uh, not real long ago a message like that, and he said, uh, one guy said, I was, I was great in business, and God said, sorry, you were called a pastor and not be great in, in the big things. And another one was great in pastoring. He said, sorry, you were called because you would have um, uh, affected nations in business. And another was about a mother who felt like she's in her home with her children. And I'm telling you, the number one call of Eve is to be a life giver. It never changed. And your home is important. And who you are in your home is the most important thing you can ever do. And a father covering that home. I mean, Ron and I are for families because God is for families. But I'm telling you, the most important, glorious thing you can do is be a home. Take care. And I don't, I'm not saying that. I mean, you can be not married and still have a home that has those things. A, a man that cares for and protects that's our call. Guidance in intimacy. Guidance in intimacy is what God wants. Greater intimacy and obedience along with dominion ruling 
when you hear the Lord, I, I always love Heidi. Heidi Baker probably could have been the greatest, one of the greatest dancers ever. She was very, very good. And she already was going to European schools and she had all this stuff. And God said, no, I'm not called you to be a dancer. I've called you to go take care of the poor. All the doors were open for her. God surely wanted that. Look at the influence you could have had. I'm telling you, the key is, hear the Lord. Hear the Lord. He'll guide you. He promises. And intimacy, and this was the scripture Hannah had, intimacy brings fruit, and fruit is eternal. Another one that's one of my favorites is Jeremiah 17, 5 through 7. Cursed. This is a Bible. It's true. Cursed is the man who trusts in his own flesh. He will be like a desert. He will, I mean, this doesn't, this isn't what the world will see. He will be like a desert. His soul will be lean and there'll be nothing in it. Blessed is the man who puts his trust in the Lord. And he will be like a fertile, well-watered gar- uh, uh, well garden. He will be like a tree where his roots will go deep and the fruit will never cease no matter what season. Which one do you want to be? The man that trusts in your flesh or the man who trusts in God? That's just where we're at. I believe it's where our nation is right now. In heaven's time zone, no, I'm sorry, that's not where I want to go. I've got some kids that are going to read some scriptures for me in a minute. Okay, so I want to share about Ron in my life because that's, that's the experience I had. I didn't have your life. <laughs> I didn't. When we were first married, we had, before we were married, the Lord said, I'm going to pour out your spirit on your offspring. And he made a promise of children. And they would write on their hand belonging to the Lord, and the Lord would write on their hearts. And it's, it's um, uh, Isaiah 44. But I did not know that this chain reference, and it was at the same time I remember holding Andrew, brand new, newborn baby, in a meeting. And the Lord had given Ron and I this scripture, Zechariah 13.9. And I never sought it out, but you know what? It's chain reference is actually Isaiah 44. Isn't that incredible? God is incredible. And I looked, and it said, now I want want you to look at America, okay? A lot of America says they're Christian, right? A lot. Doesn't matter what they're doing. We're Christian. We're Christian nation. A lot of them can say that. And I felt like the Lord said there are three parts in America. There are those who call themselves Christians but don't know him. Don't know him. They may go to a uh, church, may not. But I'm Christian. Yeah, I've seen Christian TV once. You know, I mean, I don't know, but they don't know him. They have no relationship or intimacy with him. And then there's the second. And they've asked Jesus into their heart, but they, they don't walk with him. They may go to church. They may even pray sometimes. But they don't daily yield to him. And then there's a third part. And this is what Zechariah was talking about. Zechariah, and you guys have heard our song, I'll Bring You Through the Fire. I will bring one-third part through the fire. I will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. And they will call on my name, and I will answer them, and I will say, this is my people, my family, my home. And each one of them will say, the Lord is my Lord, my Lord, my master, my God. 
And that's the third part. And how you can tell is he's the Lord. They listen to him and they only do what he says. They don't lean on their own understandings. They yield. Okay. I believe that God has been raising this movement up here. I just think that's who we are. Saying all of that, um, I want to read about the Holy Spirit baptism because this is actually another chain reference. Remember, I had a chain reference in um, Isaiah 44. Our children pour out his spirit, write his name on them. Zechariah 13.9, and this one also is it. It's about the Holy Spirit baptism. Holy Spirit baptism is not just for tongues. Although it is an important gift from God available to everyone because it allows you to be supernatural in your prayers. It's not just your ears, it's your spirit, and you can pray. And many a time when I don't know what to pray, I just start. I mean, I've had whole mornings of praying in tongues because my heart is going, God, you're trying to do something and I don't know what to say. And I, my mind does not. It bypasses your mind, but it comes right out of your heart to God, and it's a gift. So that's important, and it is available to everyone. I've never seen anyone who's asked not receive. But it's for power the Holy Spirit baptism came. I was a believer who probably didn't make him Lord growing up because I didn't know how to. And when the Holy Spirit's power came into my life, I was changed. I was 17 years old, driving in a car, and I saw that crying out for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and there was a song about this great power and glory. And I, I don't even know. It was a B.J. Thomas song, and who knows why he even had that song. And I felt the presence of God come into that car and come into me. And I didn't even know what it was. And then I read David Wilkerson's book, Cross and Switchblade, and he talked about the baptism because I didn't grow up, did not grow up Pentecostal. Whoa, I didn't grow up Pentecostal. I didn't grow up in anything that talked of the Spirit. I didn't, except a dove. You want the dove. Okay. Saying that, when that happened to me, I began to have power. And I began to have power not only over sin, but power to walk without these ups and down dips. There was power in my life, and it came through that baptism. The Holy Spirit was given for power, not just power for miracles. Okay, remember back to the scriptures. I said five of them. This is the other chain reference. The glory of God covering the whole earth. This is the chain reference of I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's so that the power-charged atmosphere of heaven, that's why I said, come on, receive you guys. The power-charged atmosphere of heaven can rest on a person, which forces a shift in the atmosphere over your home, over a business, over a city, over a community. God is looking for power-baptized believers who are that one-third part that will go in and influence because they're not going to be influenced. They're already influenced by a power. This baptism of fire, and John the Baptist called it a baptism of fire, is to make us living witnesses and examples of our resurrected king. It's the ultimate display of heaven's power 
glory came to earth. The spirit of the resurrected Christ is what filled the air on the day of Pentecost. It came to earth, and it changed the world forever. That was only a seed. The whole world has been changed by that happening. Now you see it everywhere. And I can tell you, when you're in other nations, they all speak in tongues. They all are in a place of power. It's because they know what it would be like just to go through the motions. They wouldn't make it because they have persecutions and hard things. Now listen to this. this, The Lord spoke this to me, but I really believe this. There's no lid on us who believe and are filled following the living Holy Spirit. There's no lid on your life. There's no lid to abundance. There's no lid to power. You do not have a limit. There's no lid on us. And sometimes you just have to begin to declare it and break it off. There's no lid on me. There's no lid on my finances. There's no lid on my blessings. There's no lid on any of it because I am empowered by the Holy Spirit. The two worlds collided when the Holy Spirit baptism of fire came. The spirits of men and women came alive, really alive, for the first time. For the first time. The understanding of God that exists in the heavenly realm actually began to influence the language of 120 people here on earth. They all spoke in tongues. Okay, I need, um, I need my readers Can I have all my readers, please? Okay, I'm going to read this part first. Tongues of fire, which were like the pillar of fire of the Old Testament, were on every head. So no longer was it one big... It was on every head. Every single head could receive this power. Okay? And it said crowds came running because we can hear them speaking God's mighty wonders in our own dialect. They didn't understand what they were saying. They were speaking in tongues. And yet God was getting the message of his glory out everywhere. Everyone was hearing the glory of God through these people who had the tongues of fire. They spoke of the mysterious uh, ways, the mighty deeds of God. They spoke of the glory of God. Okay. Acts 2.17. When the last days came, come, I will give my spirit to everyone. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will have dreams. In those days, I will give my spirit to my servants, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will work miracles in the sky above and wonders on the earth below. There will be blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will turn dark and the moon will be as red as blood before the great and wonderful day of the Lord appears. Then the Lord will save everyone who asks for his help. Okay, that happened when Jesus came. It says, all of that will happen on the great and wonderful day the Lord appears. It isn't second coming, it's now. And it said, everyone would be saved who would call upon the name of the Lord. It happened in that hour. 
the glory of God was released into man in that hour. You guys continue to stand there. Um, they spoke of the mysterious ways of God, glory of God. Okay. The baptism was likened to wine. Wine, not water. Now, I want you to hear this. Water washes and cleanses. It refreshes. And it does um, the washing of the water with the word. But wine influences. Do you realize that the first miracle that Jesus, and the Lord just showed me this because I was like, whoa. The first miracle that Jesus ever did on the earth, and it's recorded that it was the first. Because I've seen things of, oh, he did them all the time when he was a kid. He did not. It was not yet his time. This was the first one. And what he did was he took five jars of wine, or six jars of wine, and turned them, water, and turned them into wine. Six jars of refreshing, six jars of of, um, cleansing, which is the representation of himself, and he turned them into wine, which would influence and I want, you to, I want you to understand something. It was six. Six is the number of man. Jesus Christ came and fulfilled for man the fullness. It's not coming someday, you guys. It is now. And you can have all you want. You can have all you want. The baptism of fire was not just mere refreshing. It was one of influence. It wasn't just refreshing. Heaven has come to influence the earth in the baptism. Don't look at the debris. The Lord's been speaking that. Don't look at the debris. Do you know what debris is? Debris is the circumstances of earth that get your mind, the worries, the cares, the problems. Every situation where you want God to move is debris if your eyes stay focused on it. And he said, don't look at the debris. Look at me. Don't quit. Don't quit. I'm telling you, that is a word of those who've been refined. Four years ago, I had an encounter with God. If heaven is opened up with us, no lid, then our encounters and our revelations and our influence are powerless and are endless without measure. Quitting is getting stuck, stopping at an old revelation. But I had a revelation of God four years ago before we started going through fire. And I knew that things were, were coming, and there's a word on the Elijah list that just spoke. It said, uh, 2015, fire started at this time. It was, I mean, I, Ron and I went, they could have wrote our name on that whole word. I mean, it's just, just, I mean, and I didn't tell him about it. He just looked at it and went, oh, he was crying. He goes, that's us. But saying all that, we were in that time of that fire coming, And everything was getting ready to fall apart. And I knew that we could not lean on our own understandings. Ron had the same encounter I did. He was home sick with with the flu. Everybody had kind of had that really bad flu that, that season. And I was on a trip in England with that same flu. I could not talk. I did not talk for three days. That was hard. And and saying all that. I went to a meeting where revival was happening. I mean, the fire of God was there. People were laying out before the meeting even started. It was amazing. I went in there, but I had debris. I had the fears of what I felt was going to happen, and it did. And, you know, it was things that were, I knew were coming. 
Sometimes you know things are coming and you got to keep walking. And I'm worshiping. And all of a sudden, the Lord took it all off me and said, it's all mine. And I saw heaven and the Father's love like I had never seen before. And I felt the power of God in a new way. And I had written, in, I had written this out. So I was reading it the other day. I had written. It was as powerful to me as passion for Jesus, that move of God that changed so many things in our lives. And I went, God, I don't understand the power of this. I'm telling you, the power is let him take care of your debris and get your eyes higher. I mean, has that not been everybody's focus? Come on, get your eyes up. Does not, and I, and I tend to be hyper, and I, you know, I love that movie, whatever is it, what's the name of that movie that has the dog? Well, like a lot of them do, you know, but he's, he's that one where he goes squirrel up. I'm, I'm that dog, squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. You know, I mean, it's like, get your focus, squirrel. Keep your focus off the debris. Get your eyes up. Don't quit. There's no lid with you. I saw the debris fall. All that you've given me, laid down before you, let go of, yielded. I saw the power of your love. It was more powerful than all the debris. There's no lid of heaven on earth with me. Ask, declare, no lid. But one of the issues that we've had in this nation, and I really believe this, is we do not think nor understand the fire i will bring you through the fire okay um who have i got i need you gotta gotta understand this peter had four verses just in the just in his first book and i would say peter knows because peter walked with jesus right okay um peter 1 6 first peter 1 6 What you got? Did you? Oh, okay. Maybe I wanted one seven. Okay, go. Squirrel. <laughs> <coughs> These troubles test your faith and prove that it is pure. And such faith is worth more than gold. God can be gold can be proved to be pure by fire, but even when gold is, even when gold will perish. When your faith is proven to be pure, the rest will be will be praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ comes. Your faith will be tested, and you will be proved and tried. Um, verse uh, 4.12. Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you are going through testing that is like walking through fire. Be glad or for the chance to suffer as Christ suffered. It will prepare you for even greater happiness when he makes his glorious return. Count it a blessing when you suffer for being a Christian. This shows that God's glorious spirit is with you. It shows his spirit is with you as you walk. But you must resist the devil and stay strong in your faith. You know that all over the world, the Lord's followers are suffering, suffering just as you are. 
but God shows undeserved kindness to everyone. That's why he appointed Christ Jesus to choose you to share in his eternal glory. You will suffer for a while, but God will make you complete, steady, strong, and firm. God will be in control forever. Amen. Thank you, you guys. Amen. Yay, Faith. Faith likes it when her name comes up. Yay, Faith. It says that you will be steady and strong. So I wanted to look up, and I was talking to Haley about it, but I wanted to look up gold and how to find out what, what is real gold. And so this is, not, this is not scriptures. This is just earth facts, okay? Verse 1. You'll have a stamp on it if it's real gold. They stamp it. The Lord said he's going to write on our hands and on our hearts belonging to the Lord. Our hearts will bear the seal of God. These are sealed. We're sealed in God. You've got a seal if you're pure gold. If you, if you uh, don't want your seal shown, you've got a problem. You're the Lord's. Second one. Acid test. Acid test is trials, and it's the Word. The Word of God tests you. I think sometimes I'm people's acid, and I don't like that. I don't want to be. But I'm telling you, acid tests you. Trials test you. They test who are you going to trust, and they're going to test whether you're real, whether it's real gold. Magnet test. You're not drawn by the world. Real gold is not magnetic. It will not be attached to the world. Real gold will not be attached to the world. That's why God used this. Real gold is not flaky, and it doesn't float. It doesn't float from here to here to here to here. Real gold is true. And it will not rust. True gold will not corrupt. Is that not incredible? True gold will not be corrupted, cannot be corrupted. And then the last one, and I like this one. True gold bears good fruit. Bad gold makes your hands black and green. They discolor your skin. They discolor your life. True gold, when a refiner, so I'm like, what is this? That's how you test real gold. I was like, how do you refine gold, Lord? I got to understand this. Silver and gold are metals. They're precious. They're precious in the sight of God. That's why he, he wanted us to see that we're gold. But he also can see when our hearts have hardened and there's some kind of corruption in our gold. And there is fire. They put them right back in the fire and let it simmer a little bit longer. And the impurities settle at the top. Now, I know that's not a popular message. We don't want to hear that. But I can tell you, all over the world, people who are walking as true gold have gone through fire. You know, I, I was telling Ron, I read this story about a child that died and she came back to life, and it was a really good story. I love reading those stories because I've walked through those things. But there, um, she was 13 years old, and she was in a pool party, and um, nobody saw her, and they were trying to find her. It was a huge pool, busy. 
and the child was sucked to the bottom of the pool and was down there a half hour in a lot of chlorine. And the, fr and the friends started, and they were real Christians, and they started worrying about her and trying to find her, and they told the lifeguard, and the lifeguards, ah, oh, there's nobody down there, you know, and all that. And finally, somebody heard one of their friends, and he wasn't even uh, with them because they couldn't even dive down. The suck was so bad at the bottom of the pool, they couldn't even get down there. It was murky because of all the chlorine, and he dove down to the bottom and found her and brought her up, and she was dead. And they took her to the hospital and called her parents. And everybody's praying, and I guess it was someone with her parents, and they spent the whole time declaring and praying, the whole time at home, praying in tongues, doing whatever it took. This child will live and not die and declare the praises of the Lord, all of that. And the father and mother came to the, um, father and mother came to the uh, ER, and she already had a sheet over her head. She she not breathe for, for a half hour. So there would have surely been brain damage or something if she did come alive. And he pulled the sheet back, her father, and she looked up at him and said, Hi, Dad. And there was nothing wrong with her. It didn't go in her lungs, except that she'd been in the chlorine that long. And so she had some burns in her lungs. I'm not in her lungs, in her stomach, because she swallowed some of the water. But her lungs were clear. Now, I want to tell you something. For me... I, I love that, and I have seen, I've seen children raised from the dead. I, I have fought, and you will fight for the very thing that you've had to battle. You will be tested by fire in situations. There isn't anybody on earth that can go through things. But when you love the Lord, you're going to be tested by that fire of, Lord, why didn't you stop that? Why did you allow that? And I was telling um, a friend, I said, I'm going to tell you something. It's because we don't understand the goodness of God and that he has an ultimate purpose. And when we question like that and begin to get in that place of bitterness and why would you allow that, there comes a place, there comes a place where the enemy has you. Because if he can get you bitter in a disappointment, and if God loves me, then why would he allow that? But we don't see the full pictures. You guys, we don't see the completeness. But our son David, there wasn't a thing wrong with him. Beautiful, strong, handsome young man. Got, getting ready to turn 18. Nothing wrong. And, and, you know, I mean, there was just nothing. And play a football game with the family that day. And the next thing we know, they're calling me in because Ethan was only a year old, and they said, um, David's down. And we ran out there, and my, my oldest son was trying to get him to breathe and telling him to breathe, and David passed just like that. And they did autopsies, and they did all these things, and they never found anything wrong with him. Well, I'd already been through a test. And I'm not telling you God wants to take children. I think God doesn't want to take children, and that's why I fought for them. But I went through that test to fight for other people's kids, and I have. I've seen kids raised from the dead. I mean, literally, hadn't breathed 12 minutes, hadn't breathed 7 minutes, and I've seen them come back to life. With no resuscitation, God moving. But saying all that, when that happened... And, and, and that whole thing happened with David. I was like, Lord, I don't understand this. And then the testimony from one of their friends I had a vision of him. And he said, when I saw Jesus, I shot out of my body. 
and I wasn't coming back. Do you know that this girl that died went to heaven, shot out of her body just like that? Went, I, and I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, that's that word. And she's standing in heaven, and the enemy's fighting over her body. And Jesus is going, she's mine, and there's no way you can have her ever. She will always be mine. But she's not due to be here yet, and I'm sending her back down. Now, I don't understand. And we had teaching right after that that God never takes children. I don't believe he wants to, okay? I'm not a, honestly, I want all these kids. And honestly, we haven't had any loss like that since. But saying that. I am telling you that God wanted me a fighter. And he battled, my had to battle over the sovereignty of God. When my brother Mark died and he was only 26 years old, my baby brother that I raised, because my family was never home and he was my little boy. And that's what mamas do. They become mothers. And he moved in with us when he was 16. And when he died after prayer and fasting for six months, I put a wall up with God. I did. Because the enemy was after my intimacy. He was after my care. And so we battled through that for two months. I was director of the Crisis Pregnancy Center and right in the middle of that thing. And I had just prayed with someone to receive the Holy Spirit. And I said, I can't get through this. They didn't really understand their gift of tongues. But I said, would you just lay hands on me and pray for me in the Holy Spirit? And the Lord broke the power of that thing he broke the power of that off my life so when we walked through the thing with David I would not give in to any kind of bitterness I praised him the whole way but saying all that everything Ron and I have walked through or you will be tested by fire God wants gold in heaven now he makes us gold Jesus is our gold but if you're not connected to the gold, you won't be gold. If you're not, if your heart is not connected, if your heart is not in that place of obedience, you won't be. I'm telling you over and over that God has spoken to us. I couldn't believe it in the other scripture that went in alignment with these. They were all chain referenced was Malachi for I will send the great the spirit of Elijah on that great day and I thought God we've been called to call the fathers back to the children and the children back to the fathers and we had a a pastor counselor from Bethel that prayed with us and Ethan said mom tell them the stuff you guys have been through this year and or these years and so I we just did and they go oh that's just for victories that is for victories. God knows you're faithful, and you're going to see victories. You're going to see victories in families. You're going to see victories over cancer. You're going to see victories over, and I've seen victory already over death. But you guys, there's a cost. Jesus said that the way was narrow and that there was a cross. Now, I'm telling you, he's worth it. How many here know he's worth it? He's just worth it. He's worth the cross. He's worth the narrow way. But this place of why would God allow that, that has to go. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. He's good and he's good for me. I don't understand and I'll see in eternity all, all of why I walked through I did what I did. But he's good and he's good for me. And he's good and he's good for you. Don't ever doubt his goodness. I just have felt that God is moving. Ethan was singing that song Friday night. Revival is already here. And I am at a place of begin to believe it, begin to see it.
And so I've been thanking him. Instead, you know, there comes a point where you stop asking and just start thanking. Do you guys know that? There is a point of overcoming where you lo don't look at the debris anymore and you start asking, I mean, thanking. Thank you, God, you are moving. You guys, we are about to see fruitfulness. This, this uh, pastor leader at Bethel prophesied the same word. We're about to see fruit over all the seeds. And they saw huge influence and fruit coming to this area. And I'm like, God, I believe you. I'm not quitting. I believe you. And I just believe that the Lord is wanting him, his heart, to be the first. I got a song that, um, I don't know, I just, I just want us to be quiet for a while while this song plays. But I want you to ask God to reveal your own heart to you. I want, I just, I just feel like this is everything, you guys. This is everything. Who Jesus is is everything. All the things that have seemed important aren't. It's Jesus. When Jesus called followers, he called them publicly. And if you're ashamed of the seal, you know, you're not pure gold. And so I, I just want to, I just want some quiet for a minute. And then I just want you to ask the Lord, is my heart solely focused on you? Do I want you, Jesus? And when you know that's true, the Bible says to examine your hearts. When you know that's true, I want you to stand up. Thank you for listening to this message. 